Hey, hey, folks. Thank you again for joining me on another episode of Trost Talk here. Uh, we got a great episode in store for you. Uh, be sure to hit that subscribe button. Also, follow me on Instagram at Trost Talk. Um, but first, my buddy, Pablo2020. So I am back and uh, back doing another solo podcast. Um, got a lot in store for us today. Um, a lot of topics, a lot of topics. I just, uh, you know, been doing some writing um, lately. And so I've just been, I've been honestly really uh, trying to do some more. I don't want to say planning, but I've been doing a lot of uh writing down ideas, maybe more conversational topics that I want to have uh, when I'm doing here. Because, you know, obviously it's, you don't have anything, when you're doing a solo podcast, especially me, I don't have a producer. So I'm not like uh, Joe Rogan, where you could be like, hey, Jamie, or you have someone to bounce something off of. Um, I look at a styrofoam wall. So I don't have anybody to bounce anything off of. So I do write down some notes, things that I, you know, I kind of feel like I want to talk about. Um, let's get started off with something else. Uh, real men shit, a fist fight. Uh, recently, and a lot of you guys probably seen online, um, is uh, this Oklahoma wide receiver gets into a fight at a bar, he and his buddy, with two guys they obviously don't know, but are clearly, by the video, fighters. Um, one guy specifically, the guy who's probably in trouble right now for assault, which is, in my opinion, BS. I'll dive into that in a little bit. But he is in trouble because of the assault. But he he's somebody who was, he was trained in MMA. It, it's a known fact. It, it, you know, he stated it. It's You could tell by the way he beat this guy's ass that he was a trained fighter. Um and apparently so was his friend because so the two football guys the, you, the video starts out where it's this football guy he's clearly a big dude he looks anywhere between six foot six three uh and in like about 200 pounds probably to be safe and his buddy equally as big uh so the main wide receiver guy his buddy is the one who kind of initiates it and he slaps the fighter uh, the main guy, Walker Brown, uh, he slaps Walker Brown in the face and Walker Brown then looks at the wide receiver, not his buddy who slapped him. Cause he didn't see it, slaps him upside the face and then comes with an overhand, right? Feeds him a couple hands, goes and then takes him down, gets on top of him and just starts nailing this fucker. Just starts feeding him hands. Just the one, two, boom, boom, boom. Then he puts him to a rear naked choke, and then he starts getting hit in the ha- in the face because the guy, just pure desperation, the football player just starts throwing fists backwards, just trying to hit him in the face because he just he knows he he's in deep water, and so then you see, um, and then you see um, his buddy in the background, not uh, Walker Brown's buddy, takes the football star's buddy, suplexes him, his head hits the. <laughs> Man, 
And then he just starts giving him hands. And I mean unloading on this fucking dude. It's kind of insane. But here, here okay, so now my, my opinion of this fight. Uh, those two football players, I assume the other guy was a football player too. Um, two big dudes, probably never never been pushed around in their life. They're they're the ones who started this whole thing. From what I've heard is, or from what I've read too, is that the football player is, um, I think, suing Walker Brown, which is just fucking horseshit. The dude obviously started. He's he's in Walker Brown's face the whole time. He's trying to intimidate him. He's trying to bully him, and then he gets his buddy lays a hand on him. Now he didn't. It wasn't. Um, it wasn't. It wasn't Walker Brown. It wasn't Walker Brown who. Um, sorry, I, I lost my train of thought. Um, it wasn't uh, the wide receiver who touched Walker Brown. Walker Brown got touched by his buddy. But as soon as somebody puts your hand on you, especially in a bar when you're getting, and everybody knows that moment. Any any dude who's been in a bar fight or has been close to a bar fight, you know that feeling like tensions are high, and you just start kind of watching everything for anybody to make a move and you're just kind of like all right shit could possibly go down so you know that feeling and as soon as you get that feeling if somebody lays a fucking hand on you uh, how it's walker brown shouldn't get in trouble at all i mean he got touched which in legal terms is is assault like he got slapped he technically got assault at that point in my opinion it's self-defense and if we're ever in an argument and you want to jaw at me that's fine but the moment you lay a hand on me i'm following it up with an overhand right and i'm not saying i'm a great fighter but i'm not going to let a man touch me especially slap me in the fucking face that's not that's not happening um you don't you don't get to lay your hands on somebody and expect nothing to come of it. And these two guys clearly did because they probably thought, knowing them, they they've been in probably a few tussles and they've probably done this to a lot of people at bars where they're just these two big dudes on the football team and they just go up and intimidate the fuck out of anybody and everybody, and they don't care. Uh, and this happened to be a time where it was obviously the wrong people. Um, they deserved it. They had what was coming to them. They're fucking douchebags, in my opinion. And they deserve to get their fucking ass kicked. And I, I think the fact that they're suing is says more about how terrible they are as people than anything about Walker Brown. I mean, w- Walker Brown clearly... Clearly didn't look like he was trying to do escalating anything. I mean, if you watch the video, he's kind of like turns his head and he's kind of talking to his buddy like, uh, like, let's just kind of like let them run their mouth and let's just get the fuck out of here. And then, bam, his buddy slaps him in the face. Walker Brown turns, feeds him hands. They both take care of these people. And... They made quick work of it. It was honestly, it was great to watch too, in my opinion, because you just saw, you basically just saw two bullies get got. So I had a great time with that. Um, and then I kind of to lead me into this other thing that uh, kind of has nothing to do with the fight, uh, but it does have to do with football. Uh, as many of you guys know, Carson Wentz, uh, I'm a diehard Eagles fan. Carson Wentz got traded to the Indianapolis Colts. Um, I, I hope the Colts do well. Carson, I love you. I miss you. Um, I wish we still had you, man. I don't know what our, our plans are, um, but it's going to be a lot of rebuilding for the Eagles. Um, but big thing that came out of this story was Michael Pittman. 
He's a rookie, not anymore, but he what last year he was a rookie wide receiver. Um, he had about 500 yards, one touchdown, and he's going on TMZ, and he's like, it's breaking on TMZ. I don't know if he went on TMZ, but it's breaking on TMZ. He's talking to ESPN saying, yeah, I'm not giving him my damn number. Like, we're cool, though. It's like, all right. Now, you might initially see it in face value, but, like, who cares? It's like, well, here, let me put it in the mind of an athlete. This particularly a quarterback who they generally run the team like they're they're the player on the team they're the head honchos um let's put it like this you've had this number your whole entire life it's the number you feel comfortable in and a lot of these players especially athletes are superstitious they're superstitious super superstitious (laughs) so they they feel like they have to do certain things every time in order they're going to have a game. Like uh, Jason Terry is an ex-NBA player. used to play with three socks, for example. He o- used to always play with three socks on because it was a superstition. He probably at some point in his life wore three socks, had a f- great fucking game, and ever since then he never he never switched it up. Uh, Mike Bibby used to clip his fingernails on the bench every game. Um, you know, you would have players who they have to, like Kevin Garnett, he has to fucking punch, he has to punch the back padding behind the hoop every time before the game. They Every athlete has these little things, and it, numbers are that way too. Um, it's also kind of why it's a big deal when you see somebody change a team and they do get a new number. Um, now, the thing that's weird for me about this is, is I'm like, dude, you're the wide receiver. Like, this is the guy who's going to be throwing you the ball. Now, you don't want to give up the number and you have a conversation with, Carson you're like hey like I don't want to do that that that's fine because maybe Carson doesn't care he's one of those people who's like eh, I mean 11 wasn't is not really my number I kind of just stuck with me um and he wanted something else that's a whole nother conversation but don't be going on like you're not fucking Jerry Rice dude like you're not Jerry Rice don't be going breaking the story to fucking ESPN TMZ going on talking about it saying how he ain't getting your number there's no deal to be had like dude you're you're a second year wide receiver and you're saying this to the guy who's going to be throwing you the ball and and you're not a legend. It's not like you had a, like you weren't Justin Jefferson. Even if you were Justin Jefferson, Justin Jefferson wouldn't have an argument. He's still a fucking rookie at that year. It's like you haven't proved anything. And now I I don't know if you just think it's like all fun and games or you kind of just think that it's not that big of a deal. all I'm saying is it's not good optics, man. Like, it, it's just not – it's not something you should be doing with your quarterback. It's a big fucking deal to be doing this with your quarterback. Um, it, it's the guy who's going to be making you make – how you make a living throwing the ball to you, That that's the guy you're pissing off. It would be like – it would be like – this might be weak, but it would be like me going to work, being the new guy – or my, we get a new manager hired, and then I go and take his desk. And I'd be like, there's no deal to be had. I don't care. We're cool, though. Me and the manager are cool, but this is my desk. So you're going to have to go find another cubicle, buddy. All right? But, hey, we're cool. So that's kind of what that's like. Um, could be a weaker a weaker analogy, but I feel like it works for me. Um. And another thing, kind of another football-related thing, one of the things that I kind of really fucking enjoy in life is when you see these – the reason this kind of came up is I was I was watching some of these clips just on, on you know on YouTube, 
Um, and one of these clips had Ryan Clark. He's a uh, Super Bowl champion safety. He played for the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, I think he's an ESPN analysis. I might be on Fox, but he's an analysis. Um, and he's on a big broadcasting time show. And one of my favorite things is when you see guys like that and they, they come on to other people's shows or they come on to something that's totally out of their element and they're, they're able to have just a fun time, like let their hair down and get, and get fun poked at them. So Ryan Clark, like, especially with these athletes, the reason it, it kind of, it warms my heart and gets me kind of all giddy is because it's like, you're talking about guys who are always and will forever be like the top dog pretty much in their situation. Talking about Ryan Clark, who who he's a great player. He's in the NFL. Like these guys are supreme athletes. So they're they're not used to like being shit on, you know? Like athletes in particular per, per, professional athletes, like they're not used to being somebody who's kind of like being made fun of or um, you know, not like I guess the main focal point of the story, um, or, um, no, that's not it. That's not it. But they're just not, they're not used to being like the butt of a joke or, um, being out of their element. And so when you see them out of their element and they're having a good time, I don't know, it makes it more enjoyable for me. So like Ryan Clark, he goes on, he makes a statement clearly about, uh, Pat McCaffney, um, and they're having a great time and they're, they're, they're just laughing back and forth. And then Pat McCaffney kind of just starts making fun of Ryan Clark, poking fun at him. And you see Ryan Clark just laughing the whole time, having a great time with it. This big broadcasting name analyst on a podcasting. Now, I know Pat McCaffney's got, like, I think the second highest show in the fucking world behind Joe Rogan. But it, it's still great to see. And it, it just kind of makes you... I don't know. Makes you happy. You get all warm. Like I was just rolling. I thought it was great. I thought the chemistry was there. I know they know each other really well, so it makes it a little easier. But that's kind of stuff that you always see, um, and it kind of just something that I don't know. It warms my heart a little bit and gets me kind of uh, gets me kind of having a good time. Um. Yeah. So I I, I don't uh, I'm terrible at these fucking transitions. But because right now I'm like, I, I'm kind of amped up. I'm on my fucking third cup of coffee. Um, I'm amped up. I'm excited to be in the fucking studio. Um, and I have a good list that I kind of wanted to talk about. And, you know, I feel like I'm kind of breezing. Like I'm just running through it real quick. But um, so I'm going to work on these transitions. I don't know how to fucking do them, to be honest. Because like, I don't know. But. The next thing I wanted to talk about was a caterpillar in my fucking fruit. So this is something that I, you know, I've seen stuff online, like somebody's got a fucking bag of grapes and they'll see a spider in their bag of grapes before they ever wash them. Um, or you'll have people, uh, you know, I've always heard of the story. You bite into your apple, a caterpillar is in there sort of thing. You've always seen, I've never had one ever in my entire life. Now I've known people who have, I think my sister has even had one, but I physically have never seen one, never had anything like that. Um, and the other day I was going, I was fucking washing boysenberries. And I, I, okay, so first of all, I love boysenberries, love them. One of my favorite fruits, um, especially you get them a little tart and it gets that, that little tight uh, pressure right behind your jawline, you know, where it's, ooh, 
That's that's how you know you got a good boysenberry. Um, and for some reason, they always I feel like boysenberries more often than not look a little moldy or they mold easier. I don't know what it is. Maybe they have too much water in them. I don't know. I don't, I'm not gonna sit here and pretend that I know the ins and outs of why boysenberries get more mold because that's just I I'm not a I'm not a grower of fruit, so um, not gonna not gonna dive or look too deep into that. But the other day, I, I was going to wash them out, and um, I I end up reaching in. Now the little fucker's not moving at all. He's not he's not doing anything. Um, He's not doing anything crazy, you know. He's not like sitting there taunting me and, you know, be like, "Yo, fucking eat this, boysenberry. Look at me, Pfft, all over it. Look at this shit. Look at me crawling up and down this fucking boysenberry like you ain't around." Now he wasn't doing any of that, but he was sitting still because he was dead, obviously. Um, he, I think he got a little too cold in the refrigerator. Now. It, this is a part that bothers me the most is the fact that it was like we were down to like the last quarter of our fucking boysenberries. So it's like I like a blind bear had just been eating these fucking boysenberries, not even knowing that this dude was in there chilling. Um, so that was more disturbing to me than anything. Um, but anyway, so I see this dude. He's sitting right there, right on top, not moving. It was a very weird experience for me. Uh, obviously, threw the rest out, you know, Um probably no logic to it other than my head immediately went there's eggs in the rest of those so they are now useless um you know i'm sure there's scientists out there with their fucking graduated cylinders and beakers and shit like that who were probably like no man actually your stomach acid would have killed all that so you had nothing to worry about go ahead and eat those boysenberries yeah well you know honestly i disagree with all of you scientists out there saying that and it's fucking disgusting. So that's all I have to say on that. But I will say it was an interesting experience um, to see that. And now I, right when I get home, I check all the fruit immediately. Um, and I say now, like I've been now doing this for, like I saw this caterpillar like four days ago. I've only had one other grocery shopping spree of fruit. So it's been like one time. But from here on out, I will now be washing you know, all my fruit immediately. Um, so last night I was, I was out on my balcony, um, enjoying my, just enjoying my time. Uh, I do like to, I like to go out. I like to write. Um, you know, as some of you guys want to do know, I, I do like, uh, comedy. I like writing jokes, things like that, things of use, probably not, but I like to write. I think it's good for the mind, regardless of what you're doing. I think it's good to get your mind uh, just active, thinking about random thoughts. Um, last night, one of the things that came into my mind, actually, was um, advancements in um, advancements in medicine. Just the 1700s. Just pretty much like what was what was time. Like, what was it like back then, right? Um, and so some of the things that I was thinking about, I was like, well, what were, like, the top ways to die? When I was looking at, like, type, big types of deaths in the 17th, uh, 18th century in the 1700s, is what I was trying to say. Um, a lot of it was, like, random fucking shit, like, falling in pits. Apparently there was eight people who died from pits. Um, 
you know, horseback riding, main mode of transportation, kind of like how cars probably kill a lot of people today. kind of makes sense. Um, poor roads, carts, and apparently deep water. <laughs> people just couldn't fucking swim. So they were like, if you couldn't walk in the water, good luck. Like, it was a 50-50 chance. Um, hold on one second. Okay, back. Um, just had to drink some coffee and some water, get some liquids in me. Um, so it was kind of depressing to see just kind of like the random. It, it almost seemed like just in any everyday, like going to the grocery store, it was just a big risk back then, which is so odd because you think about it today and you're just like going to the grocery. You don't even think about it. You don't even remember how you got to the fucking grocery store nowadays. Now you're driving and it's like just a fucking it's just a blur and you're just like next thing it's like cut to you're at the grocery store and then cut to you're back at back at home now like back then man it was like you were going to the store like you brought your fucking gun because you didn't know who was gonna try and rob you like imagine today you just had to like you're just like going out to the store it's like all right go get your fucking riot gear like that's what it was like back then and then you could have just died just just on your horse like, just having a poor roads, your horse breaks an ankle, you're done. You're flying and you're done. And then you have a one, you have a half ton animal landing on top of you. So then, it, which caused me to think, I was like, all right, leading causes of deaths. All right, well, what were the leading causes of medicine back then, right? Like, what, we got a big cause of deaths, as we all know, back then, excuse me, back then, you know, sanitation wasn't really a thing. Like, they had to saw off a limb. You, you didn't have anesthesia. You know what they did? They're like, hey, bite down on this wooden stick. That's what, <laughs> that's what you get. I'm going to take this bone saw and that leg right there, I'm going to start sawing into it, uh, have a swig of whiskey, and then bite down on this stick. Got it? Got it. That, that, so... So I was like, all right, what what are the top medicine, what are like the top in advancements in medicine back then? Do you know what it was? It was like sanitation. It was sanit like that's pretty much all it was. It was just like they started learning about alcohol killing uh, and disinfectants and antiseptics, things like that. There wasn't like in the 17th centuries. There wasn't like a huge advancement in uh, or in the 1700s, not 17th century. Sorry. Uh, in the 1700s, there wasn't like a massive advancement in medicine. Started to come in towards the end. Um, started to come in towards the end, particularly the 1800s. You really saw a huge, huge, huge push. Um, you know, you saw the stethoscope, which was huge. You could be able to hear people's hearts. Um, and then, uh, you know, you started seeing uh, some, you started seeing like some treatments for malaria, which was huge, because especially back in the 15th, 16th, 17th century, you had diseases could spread like wildfire, and um, malaria was a big one. You know, you had like yellow fever. Malaria is still a big one today. So imagine it. We have malaria pills. We have, I think we have a mal malaria. Let me look that up. Do we have a malaria vac vaccine? Um,
Yeah, so we do have a malaria vaccine. Okay, so I knew we had pills for it. I Like, people who do have it, we have pills. Um, but, yeah, no, so we have a malaria vaccine. Um, so think about and think about how prevalent it is, like, especially in Africa, like Africa, where a lot of these people, they don't have they don't have the structures that we do. So they the mosquitoes over there are just brutal to them. Um, and think about how much of a problem it is today. And now think about it in the 17 17, and the 1700s. So we started seeing advancements on how to prevent that and how to deal with malaria. Huge. Right now, my favorite, which was. um Created in 1829 by a French chemist, aspirin. Aspirin. Dude, I have thought about this so many fucking times on, like, how many times I've just used ibuprofen or some pain reliever in my entire life. How many times I have used it. And, like, back then, like, people who did they didn't have the health insight that we do now. I mean, there's, like, if people had upset stomachs, like— uh, an actual treatment that people did is they blew tobacco smoke up your fucking ass and they were, <laughs> that's all he needed. It, meanwhile, he's got an ulcer that's probably going to pop and, you know, erupt in his stomach and they're all, nope, just a little bit of it, tobacco smoke up the bum and uh, things are good to go. So aspirin, like for a pain reliever, I feel like got game fucking changer back then, man. Had to have been, especially the way they drank. They didn't really drink water. I mean, Diarrhea, which is like a big thing, is a big way to get out of diarrhea is, you know, drink more water. Um, Generally, diarrhea is a symptom of lack of hydration for the most part. Um, So just uh, the aspirin pill must have just been like, oh, my God, It, it had to have been a miracle for them because I can't imagine all the pain that these fucking people, they didn't have, like, like, their beds. Their beds were just, like, hay straws and just, like, maybe cotton. I mean, I I imagine everybody had scoliosis back then. Like, there wasn't one person with a straight spine back then. So, aspirin, just to be able to relieve that, must have been fucking great, man. Must have been great. I mean... The day that came out, people were just, they were dancing and singing in the streets and just having a, just a fucking merry old time, man. Had to have been. Uh, And then we get on to like, you know, blood transfusions started to become a thing. Um, In 1818, there was a British uh, obstetrician. James Blundell, he performed the first successful blood transfusion. So it's like the people in the 1700s, man, they're just missing all this. <laughs> they're just missing all this. And it's just got to be infuriating to them. But before that, in the 17th, 17th century, um, in the 18th century, they were doing blood transfusions with animal blood. So Why? Probably because they weren't that smart. I mean, it's the same people who were blowing tobacco smoke up people's asses for, you know, stomach relief. Um, so, I honestly, I don't know how that could have done well. Um, I don't think it did. I don't have any evidence. I'm just assuming um, that animal blood going into you did not go well. It's a lot of dead patients, I'm imagining. Um And then you go on and uh, you start in uh, 
the late and here your perfect example late 1700s uh, 1772 joseph Pristy, um he was the first to discover uh, nitrous oxide um and in the 17th century um you know and that's like where they kind of really uh i guess kind of took off so they they experienced it and obviously it's like back then 1772 like they didn't really know what they could use it for it's like they discovered it and they probably just started fucking around with it um and they probably were like all right well let's see what this bad boy can do some people are taking like you know just a couple hits right before they go home to see the wife they just had a whole day of science and lab stuff and you know like well hey we got our experiment with what this is let's just i gotta go home to the wife i've been i've been you know using beakers all day and bunsen burners and uh need a little edge off when i go home to see the old ball and chain a little hit of that no2 baby so they end up putting that in obviously it's a great thing and i will say anybody who hasn't had a surgery out there uh you know, anesthetics, uh, I'm a big, big, big fan. Um, I personally love anesthesia. Whenever I go in for a surgery, I fucking love anesthesia, dude. And it's probably my favorite drug in the whole entire world. Um, it is just a trip, dude. It is a trip. Now, when I say whole favorite drug in the whole, like, obviously I don't have like a connect on the street who's like, yo, you got any more of that anesthesia, bro? I'm all out. I need, I need to be re-upped. Now I don't like, I don't have a buddy who's hooking me up with this shit, but I have had surgery three or four times now. And I will say that every time I go in for surgery, I am giddy. I love to go under bro. It is just a trip because you are literally sitting there and every time it's a little different. Like sometimes I get a warm sensation in my arm and then all of a sudden, you know, it's like you're kind of counting, you're trying to fight it. And all of a sudden you just kind of wake up and it's like blinking. It really is like blinking. When people describe it to you, Oh, what's it like going under? It, it really is like blinking. Um, I've had, I've had doctors who have told me to count backwards and before I can even start to count, I'm out. I've had doctors who just talk to me and be like, no, you're just, we're just putting a little in, just take the edge off and then we'll do the rest of the dose in about, you know, about two minutes. And that was a lie. And next thing I know, I wake up and I'm in a chair, um, you know, just fucking incapable of doing anything. Um, can have very weird experiences when you're under, I've never had a bad one. Um, my first time I did really really i got held down by a couple doctors after the surgery and it was so it's weird it's like there's a good portion of after you're coming out of anesthesia where it's like you're conscious and awake but you physically can't open up your eyes uh, unless you had like a lighter anesthesia but i've had some heavy surgeries um and where it's like you're literally sitting there and it's like you know you're talking you can hear where people are but you have no like you're you can't see anything your eyes are just closed and it's almost like you're forgetting to open them and you just, I don't know. It's, it's a weird thing, but I had my first time, I was like 15, I was 14 or 15 and I just start tossing and turning. I'm throwing these nurses off me. I say it like I was being a superhuman. I mean, I assume I was throwing these people off me. Um, makes this, the story sound cooler, but 
So I'm throwing them off me, and it's like, this is like what it's like for you. Is So then I'm like upset, and they're like, where do you, like, no, you have to relax, relax, like, you, you can't be doing this. And just without haste or hesitation, I look, I look, I don't look because I couldn't see where they are, but I positioned my head to where I thought the voice was, and I'm all, why? Why? Why can't I move? Then they start telling me I'm going to rip stitches out, start bleeding, and immediately it's like, okay. Just like complete 180 in attitude and what I was doing stopped didn't do anything um then they're like do you want to do you want a popsicle or something because my throat was on fire it just gotten tonsils taken out um and I was like yes obviously I would like a popsicle so they gave me a popsicle I fell asleep with that in my mouth um don't don't know why I said that, but I did. Um, and it was pretty, I, it took me a while the first time. I was pretty loopy for a couple hours, but then it's like, you've had times where I, I will be messing with doctors. Like I was messing with doctors on one of my last times I went under and when they were trying to help me to, um, to like another sitting area, I was acting like I couldn't walk every four steps. I would, every four steps, I would act like I was about to drop to the ground. So, I mean, you can do a lot. It's kind of a trippy thing. It really is weird because it's like you could sit there and you try and fight it. Trust me, you can. You can try and fight it all you want. And nothing's going to happen. And it takes all of like five to six seconds for you to go out. And so it's just kind It's just kind of a weird thing, man. Um, that's why I love it. But So that was like the fifth and most important advancement in the uh, 19th century. Um, so, you know, kind of cool, man. Um uh, and then you get in like obviously other vaccines and shit like that come in. X-rays start coming in to find bullets, which is great. Um, but to be honest, every time I was reading this article, I was like, this seems rather depressing for for people. Um, oh. Anyways. Um My room is so cold. My coffee went cold so quick. Um, so one of the things I was, was watching was I, I was watching um, just stuff on Elon Musk. I, you know, I, I think he's I think he's one of I think he is one of um, the more interesting people in the world. Also think he is the start of a new superior human race, to be honest. I think he he is just that. I do think, you know, because I do think evolution is eventually going to take over, and I do think that there is going to be a new separation. It's like the movie Time Machine. I don't know if anybody's seen the movie Time Machine. So the movie Time Machine is with one of my favorite actors, Guy Pearce. Um, and he invents a time machine, per the title, um, and he goes so far forward in time that there is a new superior race. It's just like, it's like a superhuman and, um, and they feed on what we are, the less superior, uh, human race. And, um, they just basically are, they, they, they basically use us as cattle. Now, do I think this new evolutionary human is gonna feed on us no i just think they're gonna be probably probably less strong 
because um, if you just look at like the strength and um, the bone densities and muscle densities of Neanderthals versus today, it's a lot different. It, I think as time kind of progresses and the more we evolve, it seems to be a correlation between the smarter we get, the less dependent on our muscles and our physical attributes we need. So that being said, I think we are going to have, um, I think we are going to have a smarter, I don't think, I don't think they're going to be as physically gifted. Um, now the athletes might be more physically gifted, but I think like as the human race becomes more and more advanced, I think you're going to start seeing bigger brains, bigger ways of thinking, but less on that physicality, especially as we become more dependent on other uh, modes of building like robotics and, um, you know, just other mechanical things that we use. Like, think about it today. Like, think about it in the 1700s. You wanted to build a house. You fucking did it on your own with you and your fucking mule. Now, I mean, you don't, you as a person don't have to lift a fucking thing. So, you know, that's where I think that kind of comes in. But anyways, I, my point with Elon is I was listening to him kind of talk about Joe Rogan or talk with Joe Rogan um, and his thoughts on Mars. And, you know, he wants to colonize pretty much the galaxy is his plan. Um, I, I'm a big fan for this. I've said on, on past podcasts that we need to find a way off this planet. Um, I don't necessarily think that our planet is it's i mean it's definitely got limited life right like all things in this in this universe um it definitely has limited life and i think that um i think his idea of getting off of it and colonizing it is more just for what i think which is just purely for the survival of humanity has nothing to do with um has nothing to do with the fact that we are going to, um, God, what's, what am I trying to say here? It's like, I think it has nothing to do with because we've ruined this earth, or I think, uh, it has nothing to do with, um, the fact that, you know, we might run out of resources here. I mean, eventually we will, but my, I think it's just smart because eventually this planet is going to cease to exist, whether we do it or not, it's just going to cease to exist. So it's like, why we're at a point where we have technology to leave this planet. Why are we not looking there? Um, so that's what I think we should be doing. Uh, I, I agree. I love that Elon's doing this because I think he obviously has a brain for it. And I think this is what we, as we, as, uh, people should be, should be looking at and you know he like his whole thing is too is like he he also uh believes aliens and thinks of aliens the same way um as i do and god it sounds like i'm trying to say like how how like-minded elon or i try we're not we're not he is light years ahead of me in intelligence and thinking but uh, the one similarities that we do have is I do I do view aliens and colonizing the same way as he do, does um, on a um, on a basic level. But um, I he you know he goes on to explain it and he was like you know I, I'm not convinced that there's aliens yet. I, I like I think there's something out there. Um, you know he goes on to say that they're obviously um, it's like 
he doesn't see any hard evidence that there are, and he's trying to be out there, and he feels like if they were to be there, he could kind of, you know, like, they would have real evidence of it. Um, and he also, he also kind of, uh, views it as like I do where it doesn't matter like he doesn't spend time thinking on it which is what I do I don't really think about aliens that often I think about the universe and like what's kind of out there but I don't really think about aliens and whether we've encountered them whether they will come here or anything like that because I think everything that we have seen or heard or what we think we know about them is just all bullshit in my opinion and it's us thinking about them and wondering, like, it doesn't help, like, what does that do for us, right? Like, it doesn't do anything for us to know that there's aliens out there. Because they're not helping us. If you, Even if they're not helping us, they're not doing anything. So it's like, what does it matter? It's not changing your day-to-day life, whether they are real or not, because they're, they're not involving themselves with us. So what's the point in, like, giving it any more thought? And that's kind of how I think about it. And my dear friend and obviously like-minded genius uh, Elon Musk feels. Um, so for me personally, what kind of found interesting during this whole discussion was Elon Musk was saying about how, you know, it really is for the survival of the human race to get off this planet. And it kind of, to me, that ties into climate change where I'm like, like he, he's even said, he's, you know, this is what he says on it. He was like, not climate change, but just the earth in general. He's like, why would we not? And it's obviously meant to be for the benefit of us because uh, or for our survival to get off this because he's like if you look back at the history of earth it's kind of hard to really like look at there's been multiple catastrophic events that have just destroyed the earth it's been frozen it's been completely unlivable hot for us um it has just been a changing for millions and millions and millions and billions of years and so for us to think that it's not going to continue to do that is just weird. I I think personally, it's pretty arrogant of us to think that we have that much control over the earth as human beings to be able to change it like that. Um, I I think we probably play a part in it. I think that's obviously a true, but to the levels that we hear it talking about where people think like we're the sole causes behind this is a pretty fucking arrogant thought. Like we, we in the industrial revolution have only been around for about 200 years. So for us to be thinking that we were able to cause this much is pretty fucking arrogant in my opinion. Um, I think this earth is doing things that we will never be able to comprehend in, or at least in our lifetime, we'll never be able to comprehend. Um, does that mean we're not doing stuff to this earth that we shouldn't be? No, obviously not. But I mean, come on, like chill the fuck out. Like we're we are not we are not the sole reason this earth is fucking changing. It's not. Um, now I think that's why we should leave this earth. And I'm not saying like we should leave this earth because we're ruining it. I'm saying like there's so much about this earth that we don't know. And we don't know when it, like, we don't. We don't know when it could end. We have a massive volcano under Antarctica. We have a massive volcano under Greenland. We have a massive fucking volcano under Yellowstone. Uh, we have a ring of volcanoes in the Pacific Ocean. Uh, the Ring of Fire, most of you know, because it it's a ring in the Pacific Ocean. circles the uh, Pacific Ocean, and it's just volcanoes. Um, it, it's, like, there's a lot going on, right? Why would we not leave? And at the end of the day, the most important, our Earth is eventually like our Earth is eventually going to be swallowed by the sun. 
not now, maybe not tomorrow, definitely not tomorrow, but millions of years from now, it's going to. And as Elon Musk says, we today could start colonizing other planets, and in a million years, we'll colonize the galaxy. Why are we not starting? In a million years, this Earth's not going to be here. Why are we not starting? Like, this is why I love this man. He is doing all this for us. He is going to take this step. And I hate, I you know, I felt bad, like, hearing him, hear all his idols talk shit about him, about how it should be always a governmental program. Fuck that, man. And my big fear, my this is my big fear, is that Elon Musk is going to continue to do this, and then one thing is going to go catastrophically wrong because you're exploring space, and, like, exploration of anything is always fucking dangerous. Like, when people were going to the Western frontier, nope, it wasn't like nobody fucking died, Right. Whenever you're experimenting with anything, something's always bad's going to happen. And I think that's what fucking sucks about our our uh, society today is, watch, it'll, I guarantee it, something will happen, government will get involved, they'll start regulating crazy, you'll have a big uproar and like, well, you can't be doing this, it's dangerous and dangerous. Dude, I hope he continues so I can get the fuck off this planet from those types of people. Because you have to, you have to be willing to risk things, you have to be able to go out there and and take a chance. He doesn't know, it, it, there's obviously going to be failures. It's like look at his Tesla truck where he throws a brick at the window. Obviously there was a lot of tests, you know, he's explained that as to why it kind of did, but like there's always going to be failures. And when you're doing something as dangerous and as uh as expansive is going out into space and trying to colonize other planets there's gonna be failures and they're they're not going to be light it's not going to be like oh we lost a wing and um you know we got we got some turbulence for a while no it's going to be like you were shuttling people over to mars and you lost 1400 people or you know you were doing a test run and our first three pilots to get land on mars are going to like they're going to be catastrophically destroyed it's going to be something like that it it really will um and that's what you have to be ready for, and I hope we as people take it in stride and not overreact, but in this day and age, of course, we're going to, right? We're going to overreact the whole entire time. It's what we do. Um, I personally I personally hope Elon just continues doing what he's doing. Um, you know, I, I hear him talk, and it's so funny because you can see him when he talks to Joe Rogan. And it always sounds like you can kind of initially be like, man, he really doesn't know how to explain things. But it's like, no, no, no. It's what it is, is his mind is going, he has to rephrase everything that he's saying or reiterate every, repeat what he was trying to say five or six different times because his head or his brain is just so far advanced from all of us where it's like he starts to say sentencing is no i can't say that they'll not they won't fucking understand that and then he has to dumb it down it's like you're seeing his fifth draft for like you are physically seeing what he finally says is like his fifth draft of how he was able to dumb it down enough for us to understand and sometimes you'll even see (laughs) he just leaves things out (laughs) he just like won't he won't really go into detail. He says, "There's no, I can't. I'm not gonna be able to explain this." Um. Anyways, what I will say. One last thing. Um. One last thing I I will say is. Elon Musk, save this planet. 
I'm glad you I'm, I'm glad I'm glad you are uh you know you're becoming more outspoken. I think we need more people like you in the world um being leaders. Um and I you know I enjoy what you're doing because you are you are a true inspiration to people who go after what they want. Yeah. Life's an interesting thing, man. I think we all gotta I think we all gotta stop worrying about each other and what everybody else is doing. And I think we've gotta start just focusing on what makes us happy. Um Yeah. That's all I gotta say. But anyways, um back to doing some uh or not back, but um I guess one last thing before I go, because I don't know how to fucking tie these things up, and I still don't know how to fucking do citation on these podcasts. So I will say this. Uh, merch is going to be coming up soon. Um, I personally shout out Nico Freak Show uh, for creating my logo. I personally think I have the most badass logo on in podcasting. So merch will be coming soon. Um it will be coming soon. It'll be uh, black and white tea, something simple. And if they do well, which you motherfuckers better fucking buy, you better fucking buy. Because then if you guys start selling them out, I'm talking long sleeves, some fucking tie-dyes, a lot of shit coming our way if you guys support the show. Um, anyways, I love you guys all. Uh, you know, as always, thank you for listening to the show. Please subscribe to the show. And um, I can't wait to do this again. And uh, I'm stalling because I don't know how to fucking say goodbye. All right. So this is just it. It's like a band-aid, right? All right. Later, folks.